1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Hello, everybody. It is a gloomy Laura Neal Thursday afternoon um, for uh, personal and professional reasons. I am, for the first time in a long, long time, in the Plymouth Satellite Studio, but all is good. We will be here until 3... Good lineup today. We thought we had Joe Freeberg lined up yesterday to talk about the murder charge involving the uh, state trooper. Turned out we had a little communication error, and Susan Gertner was excellent. But if it's a legal case and you're listening to this show uh, and there's still fallout from it, Laura had in the news, Ricky Cobb's family, speaking about the charges against the trooper. So Joe Freeberg is back with us, 1235. Uh, retired television announcer, Uncertain of his uh, career right now. Jason DeRussia, 135. Billy Guerin makes his regular appearance, the president of hockey operations for the Wild. And Representative Dean Phillips returns to the show. Uh, Dave Harrigan, uh, show meeting here. Let's grab the audio from the last visit with the uh, representative, the presidential candidate, when he had raised 25%. And I said, okay. Pin you down, what is success, what is momentum in New Hampshire? And he agreed at 25% because he's walked that number back some to 20%, and he exceeded it. Uh, Not by a lot, but he exceeded it in New Hampshire. So what is realistic going forward for the representative? Um, Dave, do you have any contenders for who has purchased the talk and text lines at WCCO Radio. In fact, it's your call. You decide. We've named it after you, me. Uh, who who purchased the WCCO Radio talk and text lines for the three-hour show today? I think I could put the money back up today. It's again the Harrigan talk yeah, and text line. I feel up hmm. to it. I uh, I'm interested. I'm feeling good today. I'm gonna put put a couple bucks towards it. Interesting. You could have picked anybody on the planet. What are we, over $7 billion, And you picked yourself. Well, I mean, it costs some money. I don't want to take money out of other people's pockets. So if you yeah. don't want to do it, I guess I'm stuck with it. Which the is Harrigan hard. talk and text lines are 651 uh, 461 Personal topic. Obviously, my father uh, passed a number of years ago. My father... Um, at the age of 100, passed away October 18th, 2020, very peacefully in his uh, favorite chair. And the last thing he ever said is after I spoke to him for about two minutes, he says, I love you too. I've, I've told the whole story before. I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of emotions involving my father and I'll explain why. Uh, I, I just, I'm not up to telling the story today, or I will be in tears. Um, but the time has come at his house to either store a lot of his stuff or to get rid of a lot of his stuff. And I will contend, and we've talked about this a fair amount off air, Dave, that my father may be. The greatest of all time regarding saving items. (laughs) I don't think he understood the concept of what we like to call a garbage. Recycling. A shredder. Because, no exaggeration, I, over the last few years at, at this place, have spent, 70 80 hours and my oldest son has spent not quite that amount but close because he saved everything and i i want to hear from people i really would appreciate phone calls when you have to for whatever reason most likely love on passes And a decision is made. You're going to save some stuff. You're going to get rid of stuff. You're going to donate stuff because we're donating a lot of stuff. And I feel very good about that and honor my father that we've donated a lot of stuff. We've started a foundation um, named after my son, which helps out great causes um, across the country with, with money my father left me. And it's named after my son with with health issues. And 0.00% goes to Quinton or to me or my family. We just put um, some money in there. And then we uh, find quality charities each year. Um, People close to me recommend them, and we give that money out. So that's another way we're trying to donate and, and just benefit, you know, my father's success. Um. But when you have to make the decision to go through a loved one's belongings, and a lot of it was accelerated recently, but it has been a process, and there are still other places where where he has a lot of the same stuff. I mean, Dave, if my father liked a photo, if he liked it, there's absolutely positively, unequivocally no chance there was one photo. Minimum five. (laughs) Minimum. Minimum. The number, and a lot of them, are really cool. On the Twitter machine over the weekend, I did post, at Chad Hartman show, a photo uh, I saw for the first time. My father interacting in some way, with a man, I believe, named Richard Milhouse Nixon. I think he was president of the United States. And I thought of two captions I would put on it. Again, if you want to see the photo at Chad Hartman Show, just like you should go see Dave stuff on the Twitter machine, at underscore, no, excuse me, at Dave underscore Harrigan. I chose the caption where it's Nick in theory it's Nixon talking to my father. Said, don't stay at Watergate. Yeah, Didn't go well, you know, the bugging there and caught. I also thought the other idea might be Richard. Now, this is my father talking. Woodward and Bernstein aren't your close personal friends. (laughs) But that was the – like, he had only one copy of that, but like certain photos of me or the family or he's got this great photo with the Lakers and they're celebrating one of their championships. I'm not kidding you. There's there's 10 to 15 of those photos including blown up, smaller. So, at some point with the um items we kept, we'll have this event and if people want to pay, I don't know, a dollar for $5 whatever and whether it goes back to the foundation named after Q where we give out more money through the foundation or we just come up with another cause, we'll do that. But He kept everything to And my father, throughout his life, did something that I don't think a lot of people do anymore. That's write letters. Now, again, we got another story in the paper again about East Metro and postal delays. I'm I'm on record. I think you're with me. What do do we think the mail should be? Four days a week? I still like the mail. Give me five. Five. I... I know the medicine we have there there's ways to figure that out with Amazon with UPS I just I don't think it works anymore I think there's too many other options but my but my father not only wrote these letters Dave he saved the copies of the letters he would write and there are a lot of famous people and I, I save those in case anybody wants to to buy them but there were boxes and boxes in Decent-sized boxes of letters he wrote to people in the 50s, in the 60s, and the 70s. And I think, Steve, we still have a lot of people who will send a text and say, thank you, right, or wish you the best, mm-hmm. or congratulations. Maybe it's an email. And obviously, these options weren't available to my father. I don't think, you know, and my father never once sent a text, uh, but geez. 15 years ago, 10 years ago, he decided, like everyone else, he had to have an iPhone. Okay. So we went. The station paid for it. I don't know. Does station pay for your iPhone, Dave? Uh, they do not pay for my phone. Station doesn't pay for my iPhone either. Hmm. We sat there for about three hours, and I tried to explain to him a couple things about texting. About as effective as I am fixing things around the house. Okay, <laughs> we just went absolutely nowhere. And he had he would have his cell phone mounted in the car, and I said, "Do you know you can take that with you?" "Nope, it's got to stay in the car." I go, "You know." You're out and about constantly. You could have that phone with you. Nope, stays right in the car. I go, "No, actually, it doesn't." Yes, it does. It stay everybody has it in the car. I'm like, "Hello, this is my <laughs> phone." <laughs> He's, what are you doing with that? Isn't it in the car? No, no. <laughs> no, no what I forget it was over. We all showed him our phones and he was just like, well, "How's your car doing?" You know. But the letters he wrote I mean, it was Took a lot of time to write these letters, right? It took a lot of time to save these letters. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Um I told you the story the other day. You know, obviously he ran the Lakers, then he was involved with the Baltimore Bullets and the uh, Chicago basketball teams in the sixties. And all these influential names from the fifties and sixties. And I forget what the owner of one team in the 60s, and they were clearly close. And he must have, I maybe it was on TV or he read about it. And Richie Powers was a longtime NBA ref. I think maybe to the 80s. I never refed a game with Richie, I don't think, but he was around for a long time. And my father, in the letter to this owner, you know, Fred, I forget his name, you're absolutely right can't believe that Richie Powers saw your criticism you're 100% right the only thing i would have done different is i would have grabbed a chair from the front row and i would hit him in the head with the chair <laughs> seems a little dramatic <laughs> and i wonder why this town complains a lot about officiating i wonder their cult leader was my father he he taught everyone um, there is a, an insurance item from my father's father before he changed his name to Hartman from 1917. There is a document trying to uh, make sure a member of our family's military receives the most favorable discharge from 1919. These documents just... Never end. And I'm trying to chuckle a little bit because there were times during this whole enterprise where it just, it got to me. And I go back to my great friend, Bob Hagen, who, and I've talked before. I think there were some people who were prominent the last couple of years of my father's life who really didn't treat him very well. And earlier in in their lives, in my father's lives, these individuals had great relations with my father. They both benefited from that relationship. Bob Hagen, who's the best media relations director of any sports team in this state ever, who was with the Vikings forever, was outside of me and the nurses at the end, the closest person to my father. And Hagen was amazing to my father and, and, Loved him. My father loved Bob. I mean, we because of COVID, we had very few people at his funeral. There was absolutely positively no chance Bob Hagan wasn't going to be at that funeral because the love between the two of them. And Bob always points out when people say, well, Sid lived till 100. He lived his great full life. And he did, right? And again, he never had COVID, but he was, you know, the part of his life that he loved so much was going out and about. I, I still believe, and I'm not objective at all, that without COVID happening, my father would be here today. He probably would be wondering why I, you know Lacey and Larissa have taken his phone out of the car. Um, but Hagan, would I say, I, I hate when people say that about your father, because no matter if they live till 20 or 40 or 120, you still miss him. No matter how long they lived, how great their life might have been, that doesn't mean people around them don't miss him. So this has been cathartic, it has been emotional, it has been necessary. And now we hear from other people. If sadly you had to face this, or something comparable. How was the process for you? How tough was it? How joyous was it? How what did you find? What do you see? What did you see from someone who, you know, was born well before you that they did that just doesn't happen right now? I'd love to get some feedback on this 651-461-9226
0: 651-461-9226 this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive it works just the way it sounds LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: It's uh, 27 past 12. Harrigan talks and uh, text lines very busy right now and i really really appreciate that um including when you vociferously disagree i may respond back as long as everybody keeps it respectful i'm all all for it six five one four six one nine two two six i'm going through a lot of my uh i'm talking about how i went through i mean just for hours and hours and hours and hours because my father saved so much stuff going through his uh, belongings Dave, can you – is there anything that's happened to you yet that you could relate to this? I mean, I hope not, but has anything come to mind at all? No. I've, I've not had to go through that. I mean, my both my parents are with us. I've you know, lost grandparents, but they really took the lead on a lot of that. It helped uh, when one of my grandmothers passed away um, a few years ago, going through her stuff, trying to sell a bunch of it. But nothing like, I, I think, the amount that you've gone through. And I'm, I'm just curious – before you started, when you finally got to the point of, okay, it's time to go through his stuff, what was the level of dread versus excitement and how has it changed? It's an excellent question. It was, um, I th- the first one was where in the hell do we start? Yeah. Because my father and I talked about this and I, I never would bring it up, you know, I heard at one point someone at one point in his life say, you know, when you pass away, I'd like to have this and that. This is when he was eighty, and I just thought it was, I thought it was just such an insufferable comment. You know, I never, ever, ever would be like, hey, well, when you pass away, how about this? No, I didn't. Never wanted to think about that. But if he would bring up things, it sure I would react. And so if he if he brought up over and over again, you know, I'm not going to throw anything away. He'd say to me, I'm not. I'm like, would you please? would you please just (laughs) do this you know i want to make sure that um i don't miss something and then he told me i've related this before he goes i've had some money in the house too um (laughs) make sure you go through this stuff i'm like i know you grew up in the depression i know there's a part of you that that will never leave your life um there are these things called banks You know, where we could put him. I'm familiar. And then he started going on and on about the relationship. Yeah, with the banks. (laughs) So, yeah, we did. I mean, in pants, in sport coats, in shirts, there would be $20 here, $40 here. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Uh, In the end, it was more dread for me. It really was. And there's a little bit of we finished it, um, but it was so emotional at times. And then trying to make the decision, I think I just dreaded it. I, I, because a lot of times you're in it, you're just, man. I'd like, in this case, it's my father, but for everybody else, whomever it might be, I'd like to talk to him one more time again. I'd like to have that phone conversation with him. I'd like to, you know, we could be very combative at times in our life. Last five, six years, never. I just no way. He's 95, and I'm just not going to fight with him. Were the times we had some Donny Brooks? Oh. Yeah, well before that, sure. Even a Donnybrook, I'd like to have one last time. You know, just anything, you know, so that's the part. Let me let me get to some uh, – here's a tweet. I can 100% uh, relate. This is from uh, Miss Funny Pants. I like that. I can 100% relate to spending the time to go through family belongings, especially when there's an extremely unthinkable amount of items, three-generation farm, all the buildings, large farmhouse, full – Now I'm going through endless boxes for my grandparents. Wow, Katie B., good luck to you. Let's take a couple calls. Kathleen has uh, called in. Kathleen, thanks a lot. You're on CCO.
3: Hi, Chad. I just have a comment about your dad. My father came out of the war and went to the U and played football uh, for the Gophers with, uh, oh, Vern Gagne and Bud Grant and that group. And your father wrote some really nice articles about my dad. And one of them, there was a picture of my dad and him in it. And then my dad got injured, and he couldn't play anymore. I think he, he went all the way through the war in the Pacific and didn't get hurt, but he got yeah. hurt bad in football. But And your dad still called him and went to visit him because he stayed in the hospital a long time. He was so oh, good great. to him, and my dad never forgot it. He always loved your dad. And then I have another short one where sure. uh I was a nanny for Dick Annan's. do you remember him
2: Yeah sure
3: Yep well and one day the the front doorbell rang and there stood your dad and you as a little boy and your dad said uh Dick uh Chad can't go back to his mothers cuz he's got too bad of a stomach ache That's what it was all about he wanted to, you wanted <laughs> to stay with him So Dick yeah. brought you in and checked you out and everything he said oh, we might have to do surgery. I can do it right here in the house. And all of a sudden, you got better. (laughs) I was better.
2: Yeah. Uh, You were better. It was a miracle to recover. Kathleen, that's a great call. Thank you so much for the uh, kind words. I really appreciate it. i got to jump to another call. Uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, Adam has called. And Adam, you're on CCO.
4: My father was actually the opposite. He threw everything away. So after he passed away, Um, we're going through some of the stuff, but I found this legal box, those, uh, you know, the fake wood looking legal boxes. I opened it up yes. and on top was this, um, it was like a, he went to the university of Minnesota. And back then when you were a freshman, you got a sweater with the year that you were going to graduate. Cause back then everyone graduated in four years. So it was gold sure. with a 67 on it. And underneath that, this goes back to Kathleen is that, um, my dad swam for you and in it was a clip from the strip of your dad writing about my father winning the Big Ten in the, uh, um, oh, swimming great. the, I think it was a hundred meter breast, uh, breaststroke. And he, I never knew about it. My dad was, again, he threw everything, all of his trophies, all that stuff that he ever won, but, um, he kept that one article from your dad. That's fabulous,
2: Adam. I appreciate the story. Call in again. I know you will. Thanks for listening to Money with Tax. A lot of people mentioned the Historical Society. We've already donated a great deal of items to the Historical Society. And, uh, you know, penny what happens even before auction. The Historical Society will have the ability to take any of this stuff. I'm not, I'm not going to make a penny off any of this. It's either going to uh, go to individuals and then go to a foundation or a charity or the historical society text one texture points out a lot of people don't have as much time to go through a hundred percent right i was incredibly lucky uh, i was 22 when my grandfather died at 92 he lived a pretty extraordinary life having been born in 1912 remembering the 1918 flu ep- epidemic the great depression and probably something he talked about a lot building aircrafts during world war one wow fantastic um uh, we brought up various things that my eight, 97-year-old mother-in-law still has. She actually is appreciative and quite taken by our thoughts. It took a month of Sundays for my family to go through our, uh, our mother's years of memories. She saved everything. May all loved ones' memories be a, a blessing. Just a lot of really uh, kind texts here. I still have many, many things from my former family, meaning sister, father, mother. and going through it. It's been many years. I'm still searching for people who might help me go through it. It was a mountain we climbed. It is. There's no doubt about it. Have a garage sale like his close personal friend. Keep what is really special to you. It'll be a quasi-garage sale, Um, but (laughs) we miss him. But Bud made the money on it. Bud made the money on it. This is all going to go to uh, a charity. Joe Freeberg on a trooper and a murder charge in Mary Moriarty's decision. That's next.
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: We talked about this yesterday. I'll be honest. I I should have been better on this topic. I uh, I wasn't good enough on this topic. And uh, if, if it involves a legal issue if it involves uh serious charges like this and it's our show it's never officially discussed until this man joe friedberg the uh, best defense attorney in the state of minnesota frequent guest of the show for a long long time joins us joe like all of our guests is on the john schuster Caldwell banker hotline ryan Londegren, it's a state trooper he was involved in the stop of Ricky Cobb. Ricky Cobb was fatally shot. Uh, shot and uh, charges were filed yesterday by Hennepin County Attorney Mary Moriarty. Second-degree unintentional murder. First-degree assault. Second-degree manslaughter. Stopping uh, Cobb. No tail lights. Realizing there's a charge out for him. He's resisting their... Pushing and saying, you've got to get out. He is is reluctant as he can be. Uh, troopers are now in the vehicle. Car starts uh, lurching forward. Trooper briefly dragged. Shot fired. Cob dead. And now we have the uh, charges. Joe, let's just be direct. Did your uh, friend... But and someone you recommended and thought she would be the best choice be be an attorney, which doesn't mean, by the way, you have to agree with every one of her decisions and you have not agreed with every one of her decisions. Did Mary Moriarty, in this case, make the right decision? All right, let's start this way. The only
5: thing I know about this is what I hear from the press. Okay? I don't know anything else. As I believe the facts to be, based on what I've heard, I believe the trooper did the right thing. You know, we all grew up the same way. When a cop tells you to do something, you do it. Especially, you don't run from the cops in an automobile with another cop sticking halfway in the car, putting his life in jeopardy. If I'm his partner and I don't shoot him, I deserve to be fired. Um, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I'm kind of fundamental about this. This guy is wanted by Ramsey County on a warrant. He's driving with no taillights, which is dangerous. Uh, the cops spend a lot of time with him. They explain to him that he's got a warrant for him. He needs to go to jail. Uh, And he doesn't cooperate. A cop tries to take him away from having control of the vehicle. And instead of submitting, he continues to flee. Fleeing uh, arrest in a motor vehicle is a felony in itself. It carries a minimum mandatory one year in prison. Uh, I look up. I see my partner stuck in this vehicle and his life's in jeopardy. I shoot the guy, period, end of discussion.
2: Mary Moriarty, part of what you said at the press conference is that the trooper, Lundgren, did not follow the appropriate training. Does that hold up for you?
5: No, it doesn't. Uh, What, somebody's going to be trained to not deter the fleeing felon? No, I'm sorry. I, 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 to me, this one, you know, I guess the jury thought I was wrong in the Potter case because I thought that Miss Potter, under the circumstances in that case, had every right to shoot the fleeing felon. Uh, I'm just as convinced of it here uh the officer stuck halfway in the window's life was in jeopardy frankly his wife is his life is worth more than the fleeing felon at this point uh you shoot him and by the way when you shoot somebody you have to intend to kill them you don't well that's the thing people
2: can exactly can we just emphasize that again because we had a few of those texts yesterday. We've had them many, many times after our conversations, after the times, okay, why don't you just shoot him in the foot or in the knee or in the leg? Yeah. That's television, Joe. I mean, yeah. th- There's that, that's, they're that's never trained that. to do that. Is there any party that says they should be trained to do that? No, not at all.
5: What kind of decisions are those? You're shooting because somebody's life is in jeopardy. You're trying to save a life, and you're willing to take another life. That's it. The attorney... You can can pray that maybe the person who gets shot survives, but you can't shoot to wound.
2: The attorney representing the trooper said this the county attorney has provided sweetheart deals to murderers and kidnappers and now today she charges a hero this is from yesterday this county attorney is literally out of control open season on law enforcement must end and it's going to end with this case Your thoughts that's on that never, pretty provocative <laughs> statement
5: that's why i never comment on my own cases just other people um yeah I, I don't think Mary Marty's out of control from what I know, I believe her decision here is wrong, but the facts could come out to show me to be wrong too. but from what I believe at this point, uh, it was excuse me, it was the wrong decision um but um, reasonable minds can differ as well.
2: Joe Freeberg is with us. We're talking about the very serious charge now filed against the trooper, Londegren in the death of uh, Ricky Cobb. I mean, I can see it's, it's Chris Maydell, right? Is that how I say his last name? I'm or is it Maddell. Maddell. It's Maddell. Maddell. Okay, Chris Maddell. Maddell says this. I can see how people, not just an effective attorney, will look at some of these cases that have been very visible with Moriarty some of them we've talked about here, where and again she ran on this. It's not a surprise, doesn't mean you have to agree with it. Might look at some some serious charges, a lot of times with younger individuals, right? But serious charges where a lot of us felt like the sentencing should be much harder as opposed to time serve, probation, whatever it might be, where those sentences have been lighter and now here's law enforcement in, however you look at it, a dangerous, scary situation, and a trooper makes a split-second decision, and now it's a murder charge and say, wait, what's going on? I mean, there's lenience here, and there's no lenience here. I I think it's not uh,
5: two sides of the same question at all. And first of all, there are no two cases alike. Uh, you know, as a criminal lawyer, I got clients saying to me all the time, how about that guy up in, uh, Halleck, uh, he did this and he only got that. And you can't compare cases. Uh, each case is an individual case. It has to be handled individually. This officer is going to be defended by excellent lawyers. Uh, I assume, uh prosecutor will send her first team in there as well because there's no question that there's a justiciable issue here uh they they'll be uh there'll be uh, motions to dismiss uh the grand jury question is an interesting question that i still don't have enough facts on um
2: what is that question joe
5: well i don't know if this case was presented to a grand jury and they were asked to indict and didn't uh if that's true i don't know what the ramifications of it are uh i've never heard of that happening where a grand jury refuses to indict after the question is submitted to them and then the prosecutor says "The hell with it i'm going to charge anyway uh if that happened i have no answer to that question it doesn't sound right but i I don't know the law on it. Um, and if they were using an investigative grand jury rather than what's called a presentment grand jury, I haven't heard of anybody using a present, a investigative grand jury in Minnesota in many, many years. If you remember, Mike Freeman used to be accused of washing cases out in front of the grand jury mm-hmm. in other yep. ways giving him the case in order from, to not indict so he could say, I didn't do it. But um, that part of it is confusing to me. I'm, you know, the question of a use of force expert, um, I'm a little bit skeptical about use of force experts as to whether or not that's really a science that that should generate a uh an expert testimony or whether or not people on the jury can determine whether it was a proper use of force um uh, you, this case could go a lot of different ways i don't know who the judge is that's assigned to it yet but uh so I let me jump in the
2: quick because i'm going to run out of time do you think there's any realistic scenario with... any realistic scenario where where when the judge is selected that this case is dismissed
5: I think the well they could attack probable cause. I I I don't know whether a judge who would throw it out on lack of probable cause they could attack this business and uh, asked the grand jury and they didn't. And I don't know the ramifications of that. The odds of getting a homicide case thrown out prior to trial by a defense lawyer are very, very big. Uh but this trooper has got the best lawyers around
2: yep. uh... you are fabulous as always have a great day and you know we'll reach out soon thanks joe Bye-bye. freeberg it's uh... fifty two past twelve on cco
0: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news